Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How you doing? You appear to have some kind of um, ski cap on or something. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a hat. It's it's cold in my apartment. So we have oil heat and oil heat is ridiculously expensive and bad for the world as a bonus. Uh, so I try to keep the temperature kind of low and not burn it and more than I need to. So I have a down vest and a hat on right now. Okay. I was going to say, is the tuple burn rate like <laughs> causing you to keep your... Uh, apartment a little on the cool side <laughs> i mean a little bit basically yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah like once we're once we have ramen profitability maybe i can afford like a 68 degree apartment there you go there you go yeah <laughs> we'll see but yeah i'm good how you doing pretty well yeah just uh just did a strength training workout so i'm feeling oh. um, i'm feeling physically taxed but happy right now <laughs> nice yeah you have a healthy glow about you yeah i find my face gets like real red after mm-hmm. i do all that mm-hmm. a little bit of that that ruddiness too yes i'm about an hour out of it and i'm still sweating so uh, yeah. you know nice yeah all right sweaty podcasting coming <laughs> at you I'm sure that was a pleasant image for the people get ready <laughs> i wish you could hear how sweaty derek is <laughs> right now oh gosh nobody wants to hear that so uh, last episode i jotted down a note saying that we should do a gratitude segment where we talk about what we're thankful for. And so I think we should do that. I have some things. You, you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. All right. So the first thing is uh, someone reached out to me on Twitter uh, and DM'd me and was like, hey, are you hiring anybody at Tuple? I am an early stage startup person and I have a lot of experience and I think I could do useful things. And, and I was like, oh, no, sorry, we're not hiring. Uh, but hey, good luck with the search. And he was like, oh, no, I'm not looking. I'm actually just like, I have a job. I'm just interested in like possibly working for you. Wow. And I was like, oh, (laughs) that is a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, Still no, uh, but that's way flattering. And thank you so much. That was awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. So I'm super psyched that 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 person did that. That's cool. Yeah. People are seeing what you guys are up to. And um, I got to admit from the outside, it looks like you've got a pretty good thing going. (laughs) <laughs> well thanks <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean that, that, i guess this is the thing with transparency is when it's it's good people know it's good mm-hmm. yep um, we'll, we'll see what happens as it gets rockier <laughs> right <laughs> although it's it's interesting i, I was on a, a different podcast this week and someone said i listened to art of product and you always seem very pessimistic is it an act that you put on for the podcast or is this just this is that just like who you are and i was like no i think that's just some of my natural cynicism and negativity it's not it's definitely not fake I always just have this kind of like, eh, yeah, but you know, there's this and there's that. And so something to be something for me to work on, I think. Perhaps, but I think it's also like, I think you've gotten good at being kind of a realist and not getting like too swept up in the highs of like, you know, you get some wins and, and keeping a perspective and keeping staying humble, I think is like, yeah, you know, that's good to err on the side of that, I think, especially when we're on this podcast and ever want to contribute to the kind of like social media effect of making it look like everything's good all the time you know definitely yeah i don't want to like seek out the bad parts like this is the gratitude segment but like there were low low points of this week as well so like i'm not i'm not having an amazing day every day like and like bad news is coming in at times so uh, fyi it's not all crushing it yeah yeah all right. So uh, do you want to do one? Mine's kind of tied in with my update of the week. So I don't know if you want to okay. just, yeah, I'll do. All right. I have three. So I'll just read the other two. Okay. Yeah. So the other one was we had a trial uh, or had like a head to head trial uh, where a company used uh, like was doing like a pilot of us against a different product. Uh, and we won, it seems. 
So at least at least within the subset of the team, they said, hey, like there's there's more of us, but my team unanimously wants you. So our manager's gonna reach out and and buy. Congrats. That's so. huge. I mean, especially at this phase where you where your alpha beta stage product going head to head with a someone who is presumably a little bit, you know, longer established. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah, that felt kind of awesome. Yeah. So that was great. And then uh, the last thing is, and I can actually just now talk about this publicly, which is cool. We are going to be giving Tuple away to Watsi, which is a Y Combinator company. It's a nonprofit. And they have two big things to do. One is crowdfunding for medical procedures for people in third world countries or developing countries. So it's like, it turns out a lot of the times, like someone in wherever needs like a $300 surgery to dramatically improve their quality of life. And that's pretty easy to raise from rich Western people, but not so easy if you are in a developing place. And so they like, they sync up those, they sort of put those two things together. And they're also developing a platform to help countries manage healthcare, basically manage benefits. And so they're applying like SF level software engineering on the sort of problem. It's a company, so I've donated to them before. I'm a big fan. And it was like awesome to see them like reach out to us and be like, hey, like, can we become customers? And then also be like, no, but like, we're just, we'll get you in there for free. Yeah. So yeah. I'm psyched about that. That felt really good. It's one thing to donate money to a cause. And that's always, I mean, I'm sure appreciated, but you're giving something that's even more uh, tangible than just money. It's like you're helping them, enabling them to do their job more efficiently, you know? So. Totally. Yeah. yeah so that felt that feels great hopefully we're a force multiplier for good yeah yeah that's awesome yeah so i'm grateful feeling good good that's yeah. a good you want to swap over to your uh, thing sure yeah so kind of this is my update for the week the main thing i've been focused on is working with a particular team getting them set up in level and i would say this is the first team that is really putting it through its paces. So it's it's a founder friend of mine. It's a team of 10. I had an intro call with him and he was like, yep, I'm totally, I like, read the manifesto, totally sold on the premise. I mean, he just kind of fundamentally believes that the chat model is broken and, and workplaces in general are too distracted. So, you know, he's kind of like forward looking, like this is the direction we want to be heading is, is using a tool like Level. And he also happens to be a friend, so he's willing to willing to kind of put up with early stage product stuff in the name of heading towards that direction, right? So I had an intro call with him. That went really well. And he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to introduce this to my team next week. This was, this was uh, a week ago. So this week they've been really um, getting onboarded uh, fully. Nice. Uh-huh. And so one, my, I, I'm super happy that he was willing to do this. Even more so because he kind of followed up a day later after we talked and he's like, so I introduced Level to my team and there are some concerns and he actually shared uh, with their permission, shared some of the, the conversation that he had with his team. That sounds like gold. Yeah, yeah, it was total gold. And and the nice thing is, like, he's built a, a very comfortable culture in their company. So, like, everybody is being very direct, very frank with their feelings, which from the outside perspective, it almost looked like a little bit shocking to me that like, wow, they're being very, very raw and honest with each other. But people were disagreeing with each other or having kind of healthy debate around like, is level actually a good thing? Is this actually the direction we want to head because we're a remote distributed team? And are we going to feel more isolated? And what happens if I have a question? Am I not going to get answers as quickly? This will harm my productivity. And so there's just there was a lot of back and forth. It didn't even achieve consensus, I felt like. Like, there were some people who were like, well, I'm not sold, but if we're going to try it, 
okay, but it was kind of already heading into this scenario where I'm a little bit on edge now because like, oh, this team's going to be using the product and I know some people really would probably rather not be. And so how's this going to go, right? I was almost feeling like, dude, I, I can give you like an out now. Like we cannot do this if you feel like this is going to be too disruptive for your company. And his response was basically like, look, I didn't expect anyone to love the idea out the gate. I know this is this is how things go. Love will come later for the product. But I, I fully believe in this and I really want to try it. So we're going to do it. Yeah, it feels really nice to have kind of someone in my corner who's willing to take a bet on me and believes enough in what I'm doing to potentially put his team through a little bit of a little bit of um, discomfort, you know, during this kind of phase of trying a new a new way of working. So you're actually a few days in now, like what what is it looking like? Yeah, so it's it's looking good. So he well, it's looking like a healthy process for me to be going through right now. So he set up a kind of a feedback channel within their level team. And people have been basically posting questions in there and weird bugs that they find or just inconsistencies that they didn't expect. And they're kind of conversing in there. And ultimately, he just said, like, look, do you want to join that channel and just kind of chime in and and talk to my team? So that that was also a big gift, I felt like, is, you know, having having access to his people to be able to kind of answer their questions and ask follow up questions to things that they express and kind of basically help coach them and guide them on how best to use level. And also, it gives me an opportunity to kind of address bugs and things that they feel like are not great in the product right now. And I can tell them like, yep, totally recognize that. And I'm working on it right now. So so it's it's going well. It's I got to build up my thick skin for this because there are things that weren't even on my radar, things that would need to get addressed right away that are like obviously bigger issues than I envisioned. So now it's like I got to try got to try to stay calm and prioritize the list and just start tackling things as I as best I can. Um, totally. Yeah. I mean, at least there's that pressure, though. Like, that's, that's pos- like, I mean, it's keep your brain sane, but like, at least you have people that care enough to want the things. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that sounds like exactly the kind of thing you need right now. Yes. Is a team where like, there's a champion who's bought in and like, people are giving it an honest go. Yep. Totally. I think it's going to be a continual challenge that level has. It's like there's going to be people who a champion, at least who understands the the value and understands the problem, the core problem. Right. You have to either pull rank and tell the team, like, we're going to try this and we're going to do this, even even if some of you don't agree or you have to somehow achieve consensus or just be willing to, like, undergo the kind of pain of changing human behavior and and changing kind of the technical aspects of things like rewiring up integrations and stuff like that. Getting people over that hump, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what it takes to be able to kind of consistently do that. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think that's going to have to be like a core competency for you. It's like it's making that process go well and like being able to give advice. Like, yeah, I think you should disable Slack while you're doing this or whatever or send out this kind of announcement or something like that. Yeah. So I was having an interesting conversation with a friend of mine who's who's in sales, but he actually also has some like theology training. And one of his areas of study was about virtue and vice. And he was like, this this is actually kind of it's like I think this is kind of related to to what we're talking about. I was just talking kind of level strategy with him. And he was like, you know, vice can be bred in in private and spreads virally. But virtue always generally has to be cultivated in community. And and if you think about it, 
the, what I'm selling with level is a more quote unquote virtuous way to work. It's not as immediately gratifying if you're the kind of person who is impatient and wants immediate answers all the time from your coworkers. You know, you're basically, you have to buy into this vision that like, there's a better way to work and it will not be as satisfying and it will be a little bit painful sometimes, but I believe this is the right way to do it. And so I wonder how much that community piece will be important. Like, will I need to have, say, a level team set up for champions who are trying to trying to figure out how best to get their team on board with the concept and almost providing kind of coaching and, and support. And once I build up enough people who are using level effectively, it would be great if they would also participate in a community like this and help other champions kind of try to adopt level. Totally. You know what this is reminding me of is YNAB. Do you know mm-hmm. that software? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it stands for you need a budget and they describe themselves as like an it's it's a budgeting tool but they say we are an education company disguised as like a a budgeting app and they're all about their like seminars and forums and like training people how to actually manage your finances because there's so much so much emotion there the people that run the seminars are like champions that got converted into you know like professional champions for the company there's probably some interesting stuff to like to mine from from how they're doing it yeah Yeah. So like you said, it's like I'm kind of building a software company, kind of building a company that's it's selling a solution and and software is definitely a part of that. But there's another major component of this, which is not code for better or worse. I'm going to have to figure out how to how to execute that, you know? Yeah. Do you want to do that? Um, I think so. I think I do, because I I would like to have a product that is, you know, self-service sign up. The product is so good, it sells itself and people understand the value right away. And there's, you don't need human intervention. But at the same time, I know that's like, A, that's not realistic for this, at least at the the point that people are at. I don't think it's, I don't think it's tipped over to the point where people in droves are understanding how problematic chat is and are just ready to absorb level. Like it's going to take some education. It's going to take some some thought leadership. And I just believe in this so deeply myself that like the tools today are suboptimal that I think I'm willing to, I'm willing to, to kind of step away from just this, the full self-service model and and wade into this kind of messier, more convincing humans of things type of model. If it means I can kind of move this, this vision forward. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's where you're going. Yeah. You're like doing like therapy almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm super psyched to hear how it goes with this team. And the interesting thing, so like when we were talking about that company that was like doing the pilot of us versus the other tool, the conclusion we came to as we were waiting to hear who they were going with was there's really no way to lose because we learned a ton from the experience. Like they gave us a lot of good feedback and like they asked for features and we shipped them and like they were things that were sorely needed. So it's like we, we felt like we had done all we could to to make it good for them and give us the best chance of winning. But even if they said no, it was like, well, we we totally like our champion was super into it. And so like we've we've converted someone who will at least sing our praises and the product is better because of them. So like hopefully they'll want it long term. But if not, that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think there's like already I'm getting value out of this interaction with this team. And I feel like if I can basically convert them into loving the product then i will be well on my way to being able to replicate that and so i also recognize that i have to be careful not to just optimize for one particular team's needs but i think you know this being a team of 10 and all the kind of 
reactions I've seen from the various team members, I feel like they're a fairly representative set of of the types of objections that I'll encounter. Like there's some people who I know, you know, are really, really into getting immediate responses from people. There are some people who really vibe with the manifesto and believe that distractions are bad. And then there's some people who don't want to be distracted, but also want to feel the need to follow every single conversation. So I have to figure out how to how to best like let the product serve their needs, but also not start producing anxiety for them. So I feel like there's just a lot of like, if I can, if I can get most people feeling very satisfied with level on this team, then I think, I think I'm going to be in a good spot. Once you've seen it work once, that's, that's going to be so useful for you psychologically, I think. Yes. Yes. Where it's like, okay, yes, somebody buys it and in practice it works and they want to keep using it. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I've got the kernel here mm-hmm. at least. I feel like I'm like trying to start a campfire right now and I've got like mm. got a little tiny piece of newspaper on fire and I'm like I'm like blowing on it totally <laughs> fanning yeah, it yeah, yeah. and and like once you get one you know a little stick lit on fire then the other sticks are more likely to light on fire and it's like you, you can so I think this will this will turn into hopefully a great case study that I can shout from the rooftops and and I want to go really in depth with it and he's already expressed that like if they are successful with it he's totally open to to doing a full case study on it and possibly even cross promoting it. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. I like that analogy too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, Hey, that's a reasonable thing to be grateful for. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, so I feel yeah, very grateful. Okay. Um, I have some other one-off things I could cover. Cool. All right. Um, so one is there, I have a couple, two ideas I stole from the ultra working folks that we mentioned last time. One is, and this was just an offhand comment that one of their, I think their founder made at one point was they have a channel called Huzzah, where they put in things anytime someone says something nice about the company or something to celebrate. So there's like a like a, a log of you can just kind of scroll through of like good moments. And so like Joel created that I, we, without like any prompting, which all of a sudden we had a Huzzah channel. Uh, and so we've been throwing stuff in there and that has been awesome. I, I definitely recommend that for anybody. Like that was useful for me prepping for this podcast where i was just like scrolling back like what's happened in the last couple of weeks that's like that was good and it's like oh actually a lot and it, it helped too because like you know we got some some feedback that was like less than complimentary um once or twice this week and it was like ah, that sucks and so it's like all right don't let that get to you and like go look at the good stuff and just remember like okay the net direction is positive so let's focus on that it's kind of similar to that like keeping an email tab of of nice emails you've gotten to right like kind of building up that repository of things that can kind of tip your psychological scales back over the right direction exactly and, and it's it's like and sharing it with the team too or it's it's like if there's something good just like put it in there and then everyone gets that like that pleasurable experience uh the other thing is i've been doing this spreadsheet this is also an ultra working thing <laughs> uh slash lights is that their ultraworking.com slash lights it's just a simple google sheet where you write down habits you want to do every day and then you just track whether you've done them or not and it gives you this little like green, yellow, red thing for each of your habits. And again, I know this is like not going to be the magic cure all, but for like I have meditated ten out of the last out of the last eleven days, whereas previously I had been you know at almost zero percent, just because I put it on my list. And it's like I've done five minutes of stretching in the morning and taken four fish oil capsules and done ten minutes at night, and like just I, I've been on track with a, a bunch of little habits that are kind of like my keep me going uh, and keep me tuned up thing just because I consistently go check the spreadsheet. I'm like, I do want to say yes to this. And so I just do it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, good. I mean, it's another thing to add to your tool belt of like 
things to cycle through at least like this may the effectiveness of this may wear out but then like you could always return to it down the line and so Mm -hmm. good to keep building up that toolbox totally um i've also decided at least for now we're not going to do any more free trials Mm, okay so we're in an interesting place where that company that did the pilot of us the one i keep coming back to they that was a free trial and it's great that they went with us but like it's now been like a month that they've been on the app for free and we're, we're just starting to like all right let's figure out how to purchase a thing conversations and they're bigger and so i think it's going to be you know like get on our vendor list and fill out this thing and it could be another like you know five six week sales process and i don't want to cut them off and they, i know they want it and i know they want to buy it so it's like i guess we'll just give you free and then maybe backdate it or something and so we're kind of in this like kind of annoying limbo and so i want to stop putting us in this position because i think it's 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 kind of not so great when they decide to buy it it also i think kind of makes them less likely to try it seriously because there's like very little invested and like we put a lot of effort into supporting people like we invite them to a slack channel and like we try to be super responsive and like if they ask for something that's worth building or fixing we try to ship that really fast and just like hey look we did that thing and and doing all that for free people feels kind of potentially wasteful yeah was there an expectation of a free trial or do you feel like you could have like could this scenario have played out with them paying you some money up front before even touching the product I'm not sure about them in particular. It, it might have been tricky to get to get in there uh, like that because like they had a yes from the other product where they could try it for free. And so it's like, well, they're going to they're gonna say, they're going to let us do this, so why won't you? But in general, and I tweeted about this, it's kind of surprising to me how often you can kind of just get what you ask for in like a sales process where it's like, I've had a number of people be like, hey, like we'd love to have a free trial. And I'm like, oh, sorry, like we don't do free trials because of reason X, Y, Z. Uh, but you can go ahead and pay for a first month and, and continue if you like it. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Sounds good. And I'm like, wow, that's that's a huge difference for us. Like it's hundreds of dollars. And then we've pushed all the pain of the purchasing thing up front. So it's like, oh, I know how hard it is to get you to pay for a thing. Like, oh, it was easy. Great. Or like, oh, it's hard. Okay, no problem. But like now I have this like bargaining chip where it's like, you don't have the product yet. So I have a thing to hold back until we actually get this thing done. Another thing I've been doing is like if I am setting up a sales call, I've been like a lot of times people that submit our form are developers. And so I've started saying, hey, like let's you seem like a great candidate f- like for getting in the beta. Let's do a call. But hey, could you bring if you if you don't have a like a corporate card, could you bring your team lead or whoever is like actually is authorized to purchase this? And like just try to like push it a little bit more in our favor like just make these things a little bit easier to convert a little bit more likely to happen and like the extreme version of this that i'm doing and um i'm actually i'm curious uh yep and i just checked my email so like um this is a person where i was like he's like i'd love to see the product or like i love a demo and i was like great uh let's do the demo but would you agree to bring the credit card and if the demo goes well we'll sign you up right there and he's like yeah sure sounds good and so I'm just like trying to like compress the sales cycle down. But like, but I think the important meta thing is like asking for a, like a little bit more and like just kind of see what people do. And if it's reasonable and you have reasonable explanations for it, it seems like people have like a wide range of what they're okay with. If you just kind of go with a default, it's probably not that great for you. But you can kind of just push back in a friendly way and and move up towards the higher end of that range that's good for you. And they they seem equally happy. Like no one has seemed put out by my requests. Mm-hmm. A lot of times engineer types tend to assume just have like a certain level of uncomfortability with this, with asking for things like that. Right. And so kudos to you for like getting like breaking outside of that and just just going for it. Um, Thanks. It it makes me a little squirmy sometimes, 
but so far like I, I just keep having the experience of like people are not phased by it and so it's like oh maybe this is just totally reasonable and like i don't think it would bother me so i don't know where i'm inventing this like this is bad feeling but it turns out it's mostly not legit. Yeah. Um, when you're doing these calls, are you are you pre-qualifying, like figuring out what their yeah. what their annual amount would would be, like based on team um, size or something like that? And uh, yes, a lot of them. Um, we talk pricing before the call, and that's another thing I've, I've been pushing up. Where it's like, if we're not even in the same ballpark, then we shouldn't talk. I'm trying to be like a little bit more careful about my time. Like I don't want to just take calls just because they're interested. Uh, so I've been trying to have that discussion earlier. Um, yeah. And then also like these, these are people I'm reaching out to because they filled out, they, they signed up for our, our mailing list and then filled out our survey and their answers look really promising. And so like, I, I only reach out to a small portion of the people that actually come into our, our, like our circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So is the plan to kind of stay in this realm for a while of like you, you reach out once people submit your survey, you kind of control the funnel and let them in and do calls with everybody who's coming on like is that is that kind of the plan for a while or well I, I don't know we'll see it's working pretty well i like it i'm enjoying it it feels good we are sort of tempted to try so so one stupid thing this like is biasing me towards people that are signing up recently but there's this big bulk of people on the mailing list that i just haven't like reached out to them and like hey do, do you want this i've just been kind of like whoever's like newest and maybe like most pushy tends to like get moved to the top of my queue and so like Joel was saying, like, we should probably send out like just email 100 people and be like, hey, here's a like if you want self-serve, like here's a link and just see what happens. I think we're going to continue to experiment like how much manual involvement is ideal for us and them. And I don't think we know the answer to that yet. Yeah, it feels to me like you're your product is relatively straightforward on figuring out how to use it. Like you you connect with two people and now you can share screen you know like it's not like um like for example setting up level is a much more complicated process and involving more training and stuff like that so seems like it it lends itself to potentially a more a more self-serve type of i agree and my expectation is most developers probably don't want to hop on like a call with me to be shown the product but then again, some people like have like been following the podcast, and so they're like, "It's fun to talk to you." And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's good too." Like like playing into that strength is that's great, you know. Like why not use that? And I think also it's you don't always know what your customer is actually thinking. Like it's I feel like I'm 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 using the like stereotype of a developer to decide how to treat some of these people, and it's like yeah, but like I am an extremely extroverted developer, which goes against the norm. But like I, lo- I that's who I am, so. If you were assuming that all developers were introverts that don't want to talk to people, you would be wrong if you were dealing with me. Because it's right; it's not that the developers necessarily buying it. It's the it's the engineering managers or the founders, right? So, mm-hmm. are all these people who are reaching this point in your pipeline fully sold on the premise of pair programming, and like they they have a a deep need for the tool, or has there been any conversation around like um, have you had like an encountered decision maker who's like, well, tell me why I should actually be paying for this thing? Like, what's the what's um, the reason? Everyone is already sold on pair programming that I'm actually engaging in a sales process with. So one of the things we ask on our survey is like, how much remote pairing do you do right now? And if you don't say kind of a lot, then we're, you're not an early lead for us. Like eventually, as we get more hand, like self-serve and whatnot and more sophisticated, I could see us like if you are aspirationally a remote pairing organization and you think a better tool will get you there then you're kind of like a maybe in my mind. 
but you're not ideal right now. I want someone that's already doing it and hates what hates the tools they have. So maybe later, I guess, for those people. Yeah. I'm kind of wavering on how long I want to stay in the zone of me, you know, kind of inviting everyone and, and doing a hand handholding process of onboarding and demoing to get teams on because I'm skeptical that I'm going to get a large enough sample size. I think we touched on this last episode a little bit. Um, like, am I going to get a large enough sample size of people to figure out what's resonating and what are the kind of criteria that I should look for that determines who's a good fit for level? So that's that's led me to be a little bit tempted to open up some self-serve signups and let some people through and see which ones tend to be more successful and me still having contact with them, but maybe not quite as high touch so that I can still have, you know, not spend literally all my time doing this and have some time to do product stuff. Right. So there's one person who wanted to, he wanted to have a call with me to see the product, but he expressed that like he was not really ready to move anytime soon. And so my initial responses was way early on. I was like, well, I'd still like to, if you're going to see the product, I'd still like to talk to you. I don't want to just send you a link. Right. And then a week later, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't have time to talk to anybody who's not in the position of ready to try something, try this. So then I just sent a link to the product to like, Hey, actually we don't need to do a call, but you can, you can check out the product and here's a link. And he just never, just like never followed up with that. Yeah. That would be my guess. I do want to meet people where they have the most desire to try a product. And I know like if I just end up with a bunch of people who hopped on the list weeks, months or, or months, you know, in the past, like I may have missed my window with them. Like maybe it's not top of mind for them anymore. So like that is I'm conscious of that. But, like I want to try try to meet people close to where they're feeling the most urgency, you know? Totally. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah, intuitively, self-serve to me sounds like the wrong direction for for you and like i get that you have to prioritize your time and that is hard but i feel like anything that put that you're putting between you and these people is going to make it like hard to figure out who that ideal person is i think it's gonna be even harder to glean that information if you don't have like a pretty direct line to them like maybe maybe keep the funnel a little bit wider at first and like on, like try to onboard some people that are maybe not the best fit in your mind, but then mm-hmm. see who actually sticks and like what their characteristics are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's, I will say like my experience this week with this team of 10 is, is swinging you back towards the direction of like, okay, if I can get more of these, this is well worth my time, even though I'm moving super slowly right now. Um, mm-hmm. This is gold. So like, yeah, yeah. I do, I, I would like to ideally find more of those. And even though I'm moving slowly and giving a lot of attention to this team, like, I'm learning a ton and it's setting totally. me up for, for, to succeed. So I feel like focusing a lot on your, the people that are where it's resonating, even some is probably makes a lot of sense for you. And the thing that I've been I'm like wondering is, so the, the, I feel like the seed of this was your personal connection to somebody. And so I'm wondering like, how do you get maybe like, the, what's the next one of those? Where does that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Probably this podcast audience, if I had to guess. Probably actually. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I will be, <laughs> I don't know, if is there a call to action there? I mean, yeah. I think, if you, I think it's there. If you have a burning desire to try level, get in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It makes sense. Like your first 10 customers are probably all going to be people you know pretty well or who know you pretty well through your various things. Because uh, they're going to, it takes a little bit of faith right now that like you're going to make the product good enough for them that you know the bugs are going to get fixed and that you're responsive and all that 
and like this, I was tweeting about this today where it's like, you don't need, you don't just want someone to kick the tires. You want someone who's bought into your vision and who trusts you. Yeah. So you might have to kind of fight for those people, but mm-hmm. you can probably, I bet you could get a handful of them going. Yeah. And then the, the small flame will bloom <laughs> <laughs> into a roaring campfire. <laughs> burning resources and money and time <laughs> till it consumes all speaking of <laughs> shoveling money into a fire and such i've been reading about silicon valley mm-hmm. there's this like throwaway line in something i was reading that was like if you're pre-product market fit meaning arr under a million dollars a year comma and i was like wow <laughs> <laughs> like that is quite a bar yeah jeez. i mean like you certainly don't have to, uh, well, I don't know. I guess that's some people's definition. I guess if you're trying to be a $100 million company or something like, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that is the first 1%. So you've, that's like, that's your first kind of like, okay, we're sort of onto something. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's like, okay, we're done. Let's go sit on the beach or, or something. <laughs> right. I don't know. Although no. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's how it feels now. I'm, I'm really, if we ever hit that number, be, I'm, I'm so curious to see how it will feel. Because right now it feels like it'd be like, that would be, how could you possibly not be satisfied with that? But yeah. I also am aware of brains, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, it's all it's relative to, and it'll probably be relative to what kind of opportunity you see. Like, like I right. think the numbers the numbers get a lot less impressive, I suppose, if you're like, well, but we've only we've only made it a tiny way into tapping the market that we have the potential to, to be serving. So, right, exactly. You know, yeah, uh, I mean, it sounds logical, but not healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does life. Yeah. Or something. Anyway. <laughs> cool. Well, this was a good chat. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Me too. You're on my gratitude list too, bro. Oh, yeah? Oh, you're yeah. always on my gratitude list. This podcast. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, same. I was yeah. talking to somebody about this today and I was like, no, I was like, it's great. I really enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. I've been doing it for a long time and it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Kudos on uh, 75 episodes, by the way. I know. It's we just keep we just keep rolling. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Props to us yeah <laughs> and props to everybody else for listening because if we had zero downloads per episode it probably wouldn't we probably wouldn't make them anymore yeah oh one more gratitude note actually i will say nice. um on twitter so i posted today so we, we skipped recording last week and so today is thursday the 14th and an episode did not come out and i just posted a message saying like hey we are off this week and we'll be back next week and i got like it's just always you know gives me a little bit of joy when i see a few people like responding like oh no oh that's my, what i look forward to most on thursdays oh uh, like, that's so cool yeah it's like there's actually wow, people awesome. who are like looking forward to this coming out i mean totally that's that's crazy that's great yeah. thank you to all of you that's that's wonderful i yep. love it yeah more people are mentioning the podcast to me mm-hmm. as like a thing that they enjoy than than before yeah like, i I think it maybe just got more interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> as we started doing more interesting things. But I feel like more and more people have been saying explicitly, they're like, they'll, co- they'll comment on something I, I tweet. And then they're like, also, by the way, I'm really enjoying like following the story of you and Derek. Yeah. So let's, let's keep doing cool stuff. I'm so happy about that too, that like we, uh, that we're not on some kind of like content production treadmill having to like give advice every week. Cause I would, I think I would burn out on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> One, I just don't know. 100%. I don't feel like I have that much sound advice to dole out on a weekly basis but the fact that we can just tell our stories uh and people find that interesting is is kind of mind-blowing yeah and lucky it's nice it feels easy yeah totally cool all right well let's wrap it yeah show notes um can be found at artofproductpodcast.com thanks for listening thanks bye <laughs>